0: Would you open a Bible with me or turn it on and scroll it over to Revelation chapter 3? That is easy to find in our Bibles. It is the very last book of the Bible among the very last pages of the Bible. If you're using a paper Bible, if you'll mark there in Revelation chapter 3, that is where we are starting together this morning, and that is where we will eventually end up. While you're turning back there, Let me echo the welcome and the greeting. It is so good to see all of you this morning. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the way that you've worshipped. Thank you, Jeremy, for the good songs that you have led us in. Darren, for the, the excellent way that you tied in what is on many of our minds in this part of the world, in our own culture but tied it to what matters most and really the reason that we are here together today and i i love the idea of thinking of every lord's day in a sense as our father's day what makes this the best day of the week is he is the best and we get to sing his praises and express our thanks to him and encourage each other as children of our Father in Heaven, and encourage those who are not in a relationship with this God who created them to seriously consider what He has done, how great the love He has shown each one of us is, how patient and gracious He is, and our ho- I hope that our time in God's Word will just continue to help you worship this morning. In Revelation chapter 3 and verse 8, we are reading words of the Son of God. They are awesome words. Words maybe that you have read many times before. But I would really encourage you this morning to slow down and think about how amazing it is that this exalted one we've sung about said in revelation chapter 3 and verse 8 behold i have set before you an open door how many doors have you already passed through this morning it's not going to bother me if you do a little bit of math in your head unless i missed one i I think that already I have walked through 18 doors today. I'm guessing you have walked through a whole lot of doors today. And you will walk through many doors throughout the rest of this day. And as long as you have time on this earth in this part of the world, you will just... Keep walking through door after door after door. We do it without even thinking about it, but I would love for all of us to really think about doors today for a reason that we will get to here in just a few moments, but I'd i'd really like to couch everything that we're going to talk about over the course of the next few minutes as a kind of invitation an invitation extended not by me but by your father in heaven and his son our lord and savior jesus the christ the the king of all kings and lord of all lords i i simply frame that, everything that we're about to talk about in in those sorts of terms because sometimes we get invitations and, well, we take them or leave them. Sometimes we get invitations and we immediately start looking for excuses as to why I I possibly couldn't say yes to, to that invitation. But this is not an invitation being extended by just another human being. We're talking about the God who created you, about the God who upholds this universe by the word of his power, the God who wants a relationship with you. And one of the ways he gets us thinking about what it's going to take to have a relationship with him and what it's going to look like to maintain a relationship with him is to talk about doors. If you've got your Bible open, turn a little before this. We were in the last book of our New Testament. Go to the first book of the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter six. We'll get to why doors in just a few minutes, a few minutes. Just think with me for a moment about the nature of doors. Why do we have them? How do we use them? Why can they be valuable? Well, if you Slow down long enough to think about it. It's it's not complicated. One of the reasons that we have doors is doors close. And at times we we like the idea of passing through a door that is able to close behind us. 2,000 years ago. Jesus used that figure in his famous Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 6 verses 5 and 6 when he's teaching us about prayer he says verse 5 when you pray you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at street corners here's their motivation that they may be seen by others but that's not what you, praying to your Father in heaven, ought to be all about. And so he says, those who are praying just to get attention from others, truly I say to you, they, they have received their reward. They might have gotten a lot of human attention. But he says, I'm talking to you about something different. When you pray, verse 6, go into your room and shut the door." And pray to your Father who is in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Go with me to the very first book of the Bible. Genesis chapter 19. One of the reasons that we shut doors behind us is because they create separation between us who have just passed through that door and shut it behind us and everyone else it may not seem like that at times especially if you're a young mother you pass through a door you shut the door you're you're anticipating a little bit of quiet separation time and it's not very long at all before you start hearing mom 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 right I'm I'm guessing my house wasn't the only house where that sort of thing happened but you get the idea doors they separate and all the way back in the very first book of the Bible Genesis Chapter 19, we read about two angels in verse 1 coming to the city of Sodom where Lot and his family lived. These angels came in the evening according to verse 1 and and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When he saw them, he rose to meet them. He, He bowed himself, his face to the earth and said, My lords, please turn aside to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise up early and go on your way. Lot knows what kind of city this is. He knows the potential danger that these apparent men could be in if they stayed out in a public area after dark. They say, no, we'll spend the night in the town square, but he pressed them strongly. So so they turned aside to him, They entered his house, he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and and they ate. But before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people to the last man, surrounded the house, and they called to Lot. Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that that we may know them. And so, verse 6, Lot went out to the men at the entrance, and what did he do? He shut the door after him. Why did he do that? He's trying to create some separation between the men of Sodom on the outside and these messengers on the inside. In fact, it escalates, and in verse 9, these angelic messengers tell him to stand back. They, or, or these men of Sodom at first say, stand back. They say, this fellow... This Lot, he came to sojourn and he's become the judge. Now we will deal worse with him than with them. They, they pressed him hard, They drew near to break the door down. But, but these angelic messengers on the inside, they reach out their hands, they bring Lot into the house with them and they shut the door that was thousands of years ago and yet we we still do the same sort of thing we pass through doors we we shut them we we seek to create some separation between us and whatever is on the other side of that door in fact if we really want to try and guarantee that that separation continues doors lock it's one of the Amazing things in the Gospel of John, chapter twenty. After the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, we read in John chapter twenty and verse nineteen. On on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, there are apostles on the inside of a door. They've shut it. They're trying to create separation between them. And the rest of the Jews, why? Because they're afraid. And so not only have they shut the door, but they've locked the door and the risen Lord Jesus passes right through it. And says to them, peace be to you. Doors, when, when we shut them and we lock them, we like to think that, well, now it's secure right I can lay my head on my pillow at night I I can go to sleep I don't have to worry about whatever it is that's going on on the the outside because before I went to bed I made sure all the doors were shut and all of the doors are locked things are secure that's not a modern idea In the Old Testament book of Nehemiah chapter 3, we read about as as walls are being rebuilt around the great city of Jerusalem, one of the primary tasks is the rebuilding of the gates, the doors of the city. And so in Nehemiah chapter 3 and verse 1, we read about a high priest who rose up with his brothers, the priests, and, and they built the sheep gate they consecrated it and set its doors they in verse 3 we read about a, a another man the sons of another man who built the fish gate and as they did it they they laid its beams they set its doors it even had bolts and bars because we want those doors to be secure Go with me to the New Testament book of Acts chapter 5. Another historical example. As doors close and they create some separation. And maybe they lock and they they, they secure. Maybe we're, we're doing it the other way. Where that door is shut and locked in an effort to confine. I'm going to put you here and I expect you to stay here. That's what's going on with the apostles. In Acts chapter 5 and verse 17, there is this Jewish high priest who rose up and, and all who were with him and, and they're filled with jealousy at these apostles of Jesus that they, they thought they had eliminated, but now these men just keep Talking about Jesus, and so they arrest them, they put them in the public prison. Here's another angel. Dur- during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison door. Those doors were used in an effort to confine these men. Now those doors are opened by an angel. They're brought out and they are told, go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. That's exactly what they did. We understand we we can do all sorts of things with doors. There are very highly secured doors that we hope especially if there's some sort of really valuable stuff on the inside maybe hazardous materials on the inside we're going to try and seal these doors how interesting that on page four of your bible as the firstborn son of adam and eve is really struggling with how to deal with anger and frustration that that the Lord God is so patient with him. Reasons with him, Cain, why are you angry and why has your face fallen? Listen, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you. Sin is not on your side. Sin does not have your best interest at heart. And so you, you have to rule over it. Cain, don't open that door. Let me give you one more before we switch gears. Matthew chapter 25 in your New Testaments. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 25, perhaps one of Jesus' most famous parables. We understand when a, a, a door closes and it's locked, if it's secured and sealed, that if you're on the outside of that, in very many ways you are naturally, by the function of that door, You're excluded. You're on the outside. Everybody can understand that. In Matthew chapter 25 and verse 1. The master teacher said. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like. Ten virgins who who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. There's a a, a wedding coming, a great party coming, and they want to be there when the bridegroom arrives. Five of them are wise and five of them are foolish. Well, what distinguishes them? When when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the, the five took flasks of oil with their lamps, as the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there's a cry. Here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. All the virgins rose. They trimmed their lamps. The foolish had been waiting for a long time. We're running low on oil. Give give us some of your oil, they say to the five others. For for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, since there will not be enough for us and for you, you, you've got to go to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with them to the marriage feast. And the door was shut. Big deal? Well, in verse 11, afterward the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. You see, it's a simple idea. The door closed. There was a separation. Now it's secure. Now it's sealed. They're on the outside and they are excluded. Left out. Now in a lot of ways what we've talked about so far is in a sense kind of negative. But if you go back with me to where I had you mark your Bibles. Last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 3. One of course of the special things about doors is they also open. we wouldn't be in this room together this morning if a series of doors quite literally hadn't opened to us. And I love how, especially in the New Testament, these writers, even the Lord Himself, uses a door, not as a a, a literal thing that we walk through, but as a word picture to get us to think about An opportunity, an opportunity that we may not always have. And so when the Lord talks to us about opportunities without a guarantee as to how long we're going to have access to those opportunities, we ought to pay attention Paul and Barnabas in Acts chapter 14 verse 27 as they come back and they share with brothers and sisters in the great city of Antioch all that God had done with them the way that they choose to describe listen you need to understand what's going on out there the best way we know how to describe it is God has opened a door God has Opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. Do you hear that? You, you, you don't have to be a physical descendant of Abraham in order to have faith in Jesus. You don't have to be a child of Israel in order now to have a real relationship with God. It's not based on your family tree. It's based on what Jesus himself already accomplished for us. And they were on fire with that message. Paul, as he wrote to saints in Corinth, said, I'm going to stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, and here's why. I'm not on vacation. I I haven't bought a a seaside villa. No, I. there's a wide door. A wide door for effective work that has opened to me. And yes, there are many adversaries, but I'm going to stay right here because of the door of opportunity. He said to those in Colossi, Colossians chapter 4 and verse 3, pray for us that God may open to us a word for the door. We want to declare the mystery of Christ. Did I mention I'm in prison? The door has been shut on me, literally. And I'm behind a lock. I'm separated from a lot of the people I'd like to have the opportunity to, to work with. Here I am, confined and sealed But you need to understand, the Word of God is not bound. Pray that God would open to us a door for the Word. Is your Bible open there to the last book of the Bible? Revelation chapter 3 and verse 8. These are words of Jesus to the church in Philadelphia. Verse 7, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, the words of the Holy One, the, the true one. Listen to this language as it describes Jesus. He has the key of David who opens and no one will shut. Who shuts and no one opens because that's what you do with the keys of a king. Listen, the king doesn't lock it and you come behind him and unlock it. The king doesn't come and and unlock it and you come right behind him a few steps later and, and lock it. No, this is the royal key, the key of David, and the king of all kings says in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 8, to those saints in Philadelphia, I know your works. Behold, I, the King, I have set. I'm at work. I have set before you. I have work for you to do. And it's not really completely just dependent upon you to figure this out. No, I, the king, have set before you an open door. And I promise you, no one is able to shut that door. One more from Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. To the church in Laodicea, Jesus. Communicates through John. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him. He with me can you imagine hearing that from the king of all kings what an awesome idea an idea that we need to begin to learn from a very young age and so could I encourage you if it is not already on your calendar if it is not already a part of your plans, if you are not already scheduling and organizing around it, could I encourage you to set aside next Sunday morning and evening, next Monday, a week from tomorrow, next Tuesday, next Wednesday, June 25th through the 28th, one of our favorite events of the year, Vacation Bible School. You can read All about it on the front of the bulletin that you got on your way in here. Our adults over the course of those four days are going to learn about a different phrase. I have kept the faith with our brother Aaron Kimball from Beaumont, Texas. We are so excited that Aaron agreed to come back and spend four whole days with us. We encourage you to make good use of that. But we also, if you have children or grandchildren ages 2 through 6th grade, there has been a whole lot of work to build a special series just for those children that we've called the Doors of the Bible. Why? Because we want them to learn from a very young age that some kings are fairy tales. Some kings are just the the stuff of legends. But there is a king who is real. A king who created them. A king who loves them. Who wants to build a relationship with them. And in fact... Throughout human history, he has worked in a variety of doors in order for them to understand who he is and how to begin to build a relationship with him. Lord willing, we'll talk in those age groups about the ark door and the Passover door and the sheep door and the tomb door and the narrow door and all of that work is only going to connect with their little hearts if you either give them the keys to your car in that case you probably ought to lock your doors or you get them here so that our dedicated teachers can help them learn more about this very real king. In our last few minutes together, could I give you three concluding thoughts? and We'll sing an invitation song together. Number one, when the king approaches, doors ought to open. Every ancient gatekeeper, every ancient watchman... Everybody understood as the king is approaching, the king shouldn't have to ring the doorbell. The king shouldn't have to knock on the the wood of the gate. As the king approaches, the door ought to open. Psalm 24 poetically describes that for us. Verses 7 and 8, lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? He is the Lord, strong and mighty, mighty in battle. But He's not just a warrior, the earth belongs to Him. He founded it upon the seas. He established it upon the rivers. And what have we been saying in a variety of ways over and over again? He wants a relationship with people. Because they are created in His image. And so the same psalm asks, who can ascend this hill of the Lord? Who can stand in this holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. That's who can stand in the presence of this king. What if that hasn't always been me? Number two. To love Jesus is to open the door of my heart to Him. I want you to listen as Jesus in John chapter 14 does not say, if anyone has always had clean hands and perfectly, flawlessly, for all of their lives maintained a perfectly pure heart, then I will welcome Him. That's not what He said. Every single person he ever shared good news with had filthy hands and impure hearts. Just like you, just like me. But what he said in John chapter 14 verse 23 is, if anyone loves me, as the king approaches, the gate ought to open. And to love Jesus is to open the door of my heart to him. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him, and we will make our home with him. You see, sinners move out. But when sinners are willing to come to themselves and realize, I moved out and away from my greatest need, they can expect company the Holy Son of God, our High Priest, and this great Father in heaven. That's why Jesus said, ask. Ask, and it will be given to you. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Everyone who asks receives, and, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Jesus isn't going to force his way in. But one day, there will be no separation between us and him. Why do we use doors? A lot of times, we, we pass through them, we shut them behind us, we try and lock them so that there is a separation maintained. I, I don't want to have anything to do with that person on the other side of that door. And friend, you can do that for a little while with the God who is real, who created you, to whom you are accountable. But you need to hear from 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1 that this father loved you so much that you could be his child. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, those who had responded to this good news, we're God's children now, and and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that, not if, but when He appears, we shall be like Him because we shall see Him as He is. And on that day, there will be no door to shut between me and me him nowhere to hide but why would I ever want to hide from him if I opened the door of my heart to him and loved him and kept his word because he's my greatest hope and so I've purified myself just as he is pure Behold, I stand at the door and knock. We're going to sing an invitation song, simply asking the question, Who at my door is standing? He's faithful. He has drawn near to us, but he's not going to knock the door down. Maybe through something we've talked about together this morning or... Over the course of thinking about what really matters for a good long time. You've reached the point where you realize I've got to open this door. And I've got to pass through it because that's the only way I can be purified. That's the only way I can have this hope. You're ready to grab a hold of that door handle and turn it and walk through that door. Who you find is Jesus who will never let you down, never forsake you, never leave you on your own. If we can help you in connecting to him this morning, would you let us know how we can help? By coming right up here to the front row while we stand and sing together.